What's up, everybody? Welcome to the podcast once again. Uh, Pedro, Scott, and myself are here. We're going to talk about what we watched this week. I think the main topic is going to be Clerks 3, a movie that um, I had completely forgot that it came out because I think it, it got limited release, but we all watched it this past week. So we'll get to that. We'll talk a little bit about the original Clerks. Um, but first, we'll just start with a quick check-in and just see what, what's up with everybody, what everybody's watching. So what's going on? going on guys i watched cocaine here i know I, I was a little late i know you guys watched it the previous week and i really enjoyed it um it's definitely a buddy movie it's better when you watch it with someone i started it watching i started watching it at first by myself and then like about 15 minutes into the movie i just had to stop because i had to do something else and got busy but then i watched it the following day with another person from the beginning and it was like a different experience it's just it was just way more fun you rewatched it from the top with someone else yeah just the fr i had only watched the first 15 minutes at first um and okay. i wasn't even getting too into it when i was watching it by myself i kept kept finding myself getting distracted by like phone and stuff um but then i watched it with someone else from the beginning at sat through the movie from beginning to end all 90 minutes watched it in a breeze uh yeah it was fun man it was it was what it was it was exactly what what you expect from a new movie named called cocaine bear yeah maybe funny. that's it the key it had its moments it never really slowed down you know it picked up right from the beginning you got like a grisly death in the first five minutes and it just kept going uh as I think as they kept introducing actors throughout the movie that helped keep it going because you keep seeing familiar faces and actors you know just keep popping up and popping up. Like I had no idea Ray Liotta was in it. I, I, I know I watched the trailer, but that was a while ago. And when he showed up with like just the hair and the sunglasses and everything, that, yeah. just, that was great. Yeah, yeah. He was... I don't... I'm not sure he was in the trailer. Um, but yeah, the movie... He was in the movie. That was actually his last film prior to his death. I think they dedicated the movie to him. But he, yeah, he does a good job playing kind of like the scumbag showing up at the end. Um, yeah, and then he played which, the role that Ray Liotta always plays, and it, it worked great. I thought the casting was really good. Whoever did the casting was spot on. Didn't you think the mom character, now her name's escaping me, didn't you think she felt like a little bit out of place in the movie? Like, I felt like Carrie she was Russell. just playing, like, a straight character, Carrie Russell. And everyone else was kind of yeah, wacky. Yeah, no. And I remember you mentioned that in the last episode. And I kept that in mind. And it's true. It's, it's I agree 100%. It's like she's in a completely serious movie outside. <laughs> it's like she's acting in another movie while everyone else is, like, in this uh, sort of, like, B-movie comedy slasher type. It's like a stoner horror movie. Um, yeah. And she's like... But I thought that was cool. I thought that was cool. You know, it it it, it made her character different. It made it, it made her character stand out. And, you know, it, it brought some balance to it, to everything. You know? Yeah. Scott, any thoughts? I saw most of it. And that was enough. Uh, any, any notable scenes from the movie, Pedro? The scene... <laughs> I, I I was I thought the scene where they were uh, where they had kind of like the con confrontation when the when the 
I don't oh, remember the cop his name, was on the, the roof of the gazebo. Cop, when, yeah, cop was on top of the gazebo, and they were just <laughs> they were having the standoff, and one of the guys is hurt, and then the beer shows up. That that was probably one of my favorite scenes in the movie, not my favorite scene. Were you stoned watching it? No, that movie was very enjoyable to me. No need to be inebriated or anything. I was just going to say, you could plead the fifth. You don't have to answer that. Because but... it's definitely a movie. If I was like 22, when I used to pretty much like smoke every day, I would have watched yeah. that with like all the homies and just cracked up for hours. Yeah, it's one of those movies that comes out like every, you know, like one once in a while, one of them comes up and blows up and becomes the big like stoner comedy. Yeah. I was surprised that the movie was directed by Elizabeth uh, Elizabeth Banks. Yeah. Yeah, right? yeah. She, he's been in a, in, I mean, as an actress, she's been in a ton of movies. I didn't realize she was uh, directing and producing now, and let alone <laughs> come out and direct something like this, you know? I mean, I, I don't know where it's found or anything, if it's like comedy and stuff, but this seemed like something out of left field, but great job. I thought the bear, the CG of the bear was pretty good too, like 90% of the movie. Yeah, there were a few shots where it, it wasn't convincing, but yeah, for the most part, I thought the CG, CGI was pretty good. Um, all right, cool. Got the review in. Um, did you did you squeeze in time to watch anything else in these past two weeks? Anything catch your eye? Uh, yeah, I've been watching a lot of stuff, man. I've been... Uh, one, I saw two or three episodes on Disney Plus of... Uh, it's a sort of like an adventure like lifestyle show um with um the guy that plays Thor in the Marvel movies oh Hemsworth yeah Liam Hemsworth is and that a partnership with National Geographic or uh just yes, yeah, uh, separate Disney yes so it's part of uh National Geographic I think that's Chris Hemsworth no no it's it's Liam Hemsworth Okay, that might be Thor's brother. I don't know. They're, they're a couple. They well, look it's the guy that plays Thor. It's Liam. That's his name? Yeah. Liam Hemsworth. So who's Chris Hemsworth? No, Liam is he the brother. A... Yeah, yeah, I just Googled it. Liam. Okay, so Chris Hemsworth. That it's Chris Hemsworth, yes. Minus eight. Yeah, I always get the... We just, the... Witness, we just witnessed three guys looking up which Hemsworth was in... The voiceover of the show. Oh no, no, he's not the voice. He's in the show. No, he's, he's in, in the, the show. show. The show is called know, Limitless yeah. with Chris yes. Hemsworth. Yes, and it just okay. like it follows him while he's like taking these tasks and like going on these sort of adventures. Like uh, one of the episodes I saw was uh, how to deal with stress, and they put him through like all these tests. Like he had to like walk atop a skyscraper on like this this like balance beam that's how you deal and with stress it gets into the science of like how to control stress and all that that was one of the things they had him do another like activity they had him do was uh be underwater with his hands and legs tied well wow. it was fun yeah and then another episode um he tried fasting for uh he, he, he just tried doing a water fast where all you do is uh drink water I tried that once. I got a headache. I, I went on a juice diet, juice cleanse, I don't know, two weeks ago. 
and I just had a headache the entire day. I think it was coffee, caffeine withdrawal. Uh, just a sidebar there. What was the, what was the juice? Pressed. Oh, pressed. Oh, you were just drinking pressed. You yeah, know, they give you, know you why? They give you like six juices that you supposed you're supposed to have like every three hours throughout the day. I remember we went to juiced once together, and I just had one. And with me drinking maybe like one fourth of the bottle, I had a headache because there's so much. I, I think it's because there's so much sugar in it, just natural sugar. Um, I don't oh, drink depends. that many drinks that it just went right to my head. It depends on what you have. Uh, yeah, you can have some that have no sugar at all, but the sugars are natural sugars. But um, well, maybe we should stop talking about them because we'll 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 talk about them longer when we get them as a sponsor. True, pressed. If you're out there, happy to sponsor. Happy to go back on the um, all juice diet. My wife is still on it; she loves it. Um, so okay, Chris Hemsworth doing adventure stuff. It sounds like yeah, it's not so much Matt Geo. It sounds a little bit different because you see a lot of shows where it's like this celebrity like does or like travels the world or like plays yeah. with animals. It's one of those. Yeah, it's in that realm of shows, um, and it's actually produced. The show was actually uh, directed by Darren Aronofsky, which was a surprise for me too. Um, and he's the guy that did Black Swan. He's done like Requiem for a Dream. He's done all those movies, Pie, way back when. I don't know. These these shows like this usually just have some random director and like a bunch of different producers. But it's interesting that uh, he's the one behind this. Okay, cool. Scott, what's going on with you? Are you watching the Trump Trump Town Hall on CNN? No, no, no. My, my, my DVR is recording. It's, I, you know, I have mixed feelings about CNN giving Donald Trump an hour and a half of airtime. It's a win for Trump. It's a win for CNN. It's all about the ratings. Well, I don't know who's the win for, but they, they've given enough airtime. Um, but no, I will be watching that with fast forward. Um, but what I, what I have been watching is continue to watch Jerry Duty. Um, Freevee, which is the free streaming service of Amazon Prime, which uh, it follows the workings of an American jury trial, which is not really a real uh, jury trial through the eyes of uh, a guy named Jerry Ronald, uh, who's actually a real person who is unaware that the entire case is fake. And everyone except him is an actor and everything that happens is carefully planned with, with improv. Is there a laugh track or is no, no, no? It's done donkey style. Actually, one of the you know Matthew Morrison is the only person who's actually an actor, and he acts like a complete ops perunsa with a huge ego. He's like trying to get out of jury duty, saying like, "I have uh, my manager calling me or something, like or I have this script I have to read." And he just he's trying to be a complete jerk. I have one question for you. So I I know what yes. freebie is. The, uh. I, I recently rewatched Mad Men on on Amazon, and all the ads are for Freebie, so that yes. is very much in my brain. Uh, but how did you How did you find out about Freebie? How did I find out about it? Because I would just hear about this show. I believe that uh, 
Judge Judy has a show that's on freebie. I just hear about these things. <laughs> I'll just briefly say that maybe like the first episode was just them talking about what they were going to order for lunch and they got nothing done as far as the kids. <laughs> there was so, it, there it was sounds, so, such a waste of time. It sounds like a longer version of uh, Impractical Jokers. You know that that comedy series that prank yes. scene. It yeah, sounds like it's been on for like the whole thing is not produced as if it's a prank. Yeah. It's all produced as if you could watch this as if this is a real documentary. Right, right. If you, if it's the whole thing is just done straight through, and I think at the very end they tell you how they did it. Okay, that sounds interesting. I might actually just check that out. Um, assuming it's like a quick and and speaking of recent, well, it's it's actually a TV, it's a multi-episode series. Okay. It's not one episode. Um, but I, what I've been current at this time while we're recording this, I was watching, I watched halfway through uh, Eurovision. Are, if, are you familiar I, with that? I am familiar with that um, because, as you guys know, I'm Portuguese and I my sort of small social media uh of of sort of like Portuguese circles, that kind of stuff comes up every year, especially on Twitter, um, because it gets to a point where like it really takes over Twitter. So I am familiar Gosh. with that. Also, um, what's his name? Will Ferrell made a movie uh, about Eurovision like two years ago. Where do you watch Eurovision? Where? Yeah, is it U.S. I mean U.S. broadcast wise? I didn't know it was on TV here. I got my ways to watch these things. No, no, no. It's on Peacock. Same way you watch the coronation or how do you get it around? <laughs> no, the coronation was on, um, was probably on every channel ever. It could, the coronation was on CBS, NBC, Fox, ABC, CNN, BBC America. It's like every, you like, you change the channel and you could find it. Eurovision, you kind of have to look for it. I think since 2016, it's been available in the U.S. Randomly, it was available on Logo. I um, remember Logo. Which yeah. is, so that, that it was on that. Um, and they had very fun, interesting commentary during it. Is it similar to, I think, was American Idol, where like people call up and or, oh, no. or text and vote? Well, yes. So... Each country uh, gets the vote, but only for other... They can't vote for their own country. Okay. And uh, then from that point, then they all put all the votes together. And then at the very end of the final, it takes like an hour that each each representative from each country says um, where their points go to as far as uh, selecting the winner. So tell us why you, just tell us why you like it, why you're watching it, why you're hooked, what's going on, why why does it appeal to you? Well, because the I'm curious as far as seeing what songs are coming out of every country. Some are just like loud, crazy grunge. Some are just regular pop songs. Some are it's just a lot of times you watch the performance and you go, wait, that's from Switzerland, or wait, that's from Italy. Mm-hmm. It's like sometimes it doesn't even really completely make sense. 
All right. Maybe I'll check it out. It's an eight-hour commitment for the most part, so. Okay, yeah. So maybe not. <laughs> you can watch the YouTube clips of the performances and stuff. I've been watching a lot of the same stuff that I've been watching for a while. I'm I'm on a, a good routine now. I think my most of my TV watching is is still based on what what happens on HBO Sunday night. So I pretty much been watching Secession week to week, and it's been probably the best season so far. Um, but then on Sundays they also air Barry, and a show that I think I mentioned probably on the first pod somebody somewhere which is a show on hbo that just came back for season two um i've been watching all three of those shows and then there's a new show on hbo or actually two shows um one is called love and death which i want to watch it's um i think it's about um these two married couples who ends up having an affair and then the wife of the husband in the affair gets murdered or killed and there's sort of like, you know, the town comes out with the, you know, the, the torches um, after the woman. And then she, I think she goes to trial or something. It's it just feels like a very adult drama. I think it takes place in the 60s or, or 70s uh, with um, Elizabeth Olsen, I want to say her name is. I'm, I, I'm terrible with names, but that looks really good. And then I've been watching an animated show on HBO called Fired on Mars. Yeah, I caught that too. Yeah, I saw I saw the first two episodes of that. Yeah, that show is funny. It's about a a company that has like a I guess is it's not headquartered on Mars, but they have like an office for some reason on Mars. And this guy's the graphic designer. He eventually gets laid off, um, but they don't send him back to Earth. So he just has to like he's kind of like looking for a purpose up there. Um, first, he wants to get back in the company and find a job. Um, but then the show kind of goes sideways a little bit. Um, and each episode, he's like in a different scenario. So it feels pretty fresh. Um, so, yeah, I like that. I, I like that show. You liked it, the first two episodes? or? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm going to keep checking it out every now and then. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm just a... I've always been a fan of like adult uh, animations. And there's yeah. a lot of good ones out there. And there's actually a lot that just run for like a season and then that's it, you know? I don't know what the yeah. reason for that is. I guess there's just so much content in that space. But I've seen over the last couple of years, I've seen, you know, maybe like half a dozen of these animated series that just run for a season, two seasons max and are just like adult oriented adult. Are just It's just fun, man. It's just fun to watch. It reminds me of there's another HBO show called The Life and Times of Tim. It was another animated show, and it was pretty mm-hmm. much like just a work slash life kind of comedy. Uh, it's called The Life of Tim. I think it had two seasons. Season one is really good. Um, but yeah, this is cool. It's like super low stakes show. Yeah, I think Owen Wilson is the creator or something, right? Luke Wilson. Luke so Wilson. Luke Wilson voices the main cast. And then uh, Pete Davidson is in it as well. It's pretty good. Recommend it. Uh, Scott, you might dig that. Um, So that's kind of what I've been watching. I have a couple of things I need to catch up on, but um, I've kind of just been been watching a lot of HBO stuff. Um, Indian Matchmaker, when when I'm sort of just in the binge mode. That's my go-to. 
I've been taking a break from HBO because uh, I uh, I used to watch I would watch Bill Real Time with Bill Maher and then last week tonight with John Oliver, but of course because of the writer's strike, they're both not in production. So uh, I should have just put my HBO HBO Max subscription on pause and hopefully when the writer's strike hopefully soon comes to an end if everyone if all the uh, if the union comes to an agreement with the streamers and movie and TV industry, then I will turn it back on and then be able to continue watching those two great shows. Because eventually the industry is going to hit a dead end like it did before several years ago where all these shows that are being produced, I'm discovering new things on Netflix. It's like, oh boy, there's actually things that there were too much has been produced and I'm able to watch things. I'm not watching other things that are... Uh, more produced in real time live that require writers and a lot of stuff already done already. Well, you watch a lot of live television, right? You watch the morning shows and a lot of, especially a lot of light, uh, late night stuff is so all that stuff is on on pause at the moment, right? The morning yeah, shows so are not, though, right? No, it, yeah, because that's that's considered news. Yeah, from what I hear, it's going to be a while. They're not really close on 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 agreeing to any of the terms, but. Hopefully they get that stuff resolved soon because what we don't want, even though we have an abundance of content, it feels like, especially if you're looking at like, you know, the, the Netflix always feels, you know, overwhelming with all the, the box art. But um, like you said, like the live stuff is is all stopped right now. and uh, Particularly just, broadcast it, television, it broadcast television, the shows usually have to start producing in July. They have to be in production at least July in order to, June or July, in order to make their September or October premiere. The Directors Guild, their contract is going to expire within a few weeks too. So that's going to create a whole other issue for the streaming platforms. But look, just fucking pay these guys. Just pay these guys because they're really... It used to be broadcasters and theaters and studios, but now it's tech companies kind of like, and all they really, they're really interested is in, at least for the most part, is like what works for the algorithm. You know, we need, we need stuff that works for the algorithm that generates the most eyeballs. Um, and they're really like shrinking the amount of writers in rooms and writers in, in on sets. Uh, and writers don't really have the same royalties they used to have um, when everyone was writing for television and there was reruns. So yeah, it's a whole, feels like a big industry shakeup with tech sort of being involved uh, with Apple, Netflix, Amazon, all sort of um, reshaping the industry. Hopefully they, they figure something out, people stay employed. Um, but yeah, let's t- let's move on to Clerks 3. Uh, a movie that cost about $7 million to make um, in comparison to, to these streaming giants that we're talking about. Um, so just a quick recap. This is the third Kevin Smith movie where he focuses on Dante and Randall, I believe their names are. So basically the plot of this one is they're still back at the quickie stop. It's not the quickie stop. It's like a quick stop or something, right? Um, and basically they're just like up to the same old stuff, telling dirty jokes and just, you know, clowning around with, with customers. But Randall, um, 
in an exchange with, with one of their friends has a, has a heart attack. And then this heart attack prompts him to have this sort of realization that he's led this meaningful life and he wants to sort of, you know, make a documentary or make a movie about his life and everything that's important to him. Basically, they're making the original clerks. So it's kind of very meta in that sense. A lot of the scenes that they film are from the original clerks or from the second movie. So yeah, that's kind of that's kind of the the driving plot of the of the film. Does any of you guys want to sort of dive in first with your thoughts on it? Uh, yeah, I watched the movie uh, about three days ago. I had I've seen part one a long time ago. I saw part two in theaters when it came out a, a while back, also, and seeing this one now just you know it just continues where the last ones leave off and it's like you said you know those those kind of like gen x jokes it's more, it's like a mm-hmm. gen x crowd comedy really liked it um it just follows the the kevin smith formula with some good writing and dialogue between the characters and stuff yeah i i i thought the 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 storyline for this one was really good and unique very different than the other ones um yeah. the way it kind of like it's all meta and, and it ties back into the the movie that they're making within the movie is referencing the original clerks and they there's even a part of the movie where they intersplice shots of the first one in black and white uh as the movie that uh randall is is making it was just it, it was it was so cool man it's just I, you know, I thought Kevin Smith. Kevin Smith is a is a great writer, in my opinion, and you know, I just thought it's just him honing down and just getting back to the basics of what he's great at and what made him, you know, r- really good and made him a coveted writer and director in the scene. And you know, I thought he worked really well with these characters and introduced some new characters and brought the old ones back and yeah you could see how they've changed and aged but they're still the same characters like you had the guy in the in the in the store uh trying to you know uh preach about tobacco and like how it kills the and stuff yeah that guy he was in the original one and they and and then towards the end of the movie they show shots of them in the original movie. yeah i thought it was funny that they brought uh the girlfriend back that they brought Dante's girlfriend back. I'll yeah, never yeah. forget her from the first one with the, the so hilarious with the thing about her blowing so many guys and blow stuff. So. Yeah, um, yeah, it was good. But yeah, it was it was so good, man. It was it was so good. Again, like I think it re- it'll resonate more with people who are from like Gen X and like more of the nerd crowd who's into like comic books and stuff like that because you know Kevin Smith belongs to all those and he always incorporates that into his his films yeah um, I really like I, I thought the one of the best parts of the movie was the audition scene where he just brings right. all these actors that he's worked with and all these like Jersey people out and then just face break the third wall face the camera and read these lines that that was a nice little touch there yeah a lot of people that he'd worked with in the past um uh, ben affleck was there and a, a couple of the 
impractical jokers guys that we we mentioned earlier i think those guys are all like long island jersey you know tribal uh guys scott did yeah, you did you i know you hadn't watched the first two what was this movie sort of about for you like not not knowing the not being familiar with these characters i did not know the story of clerks i was very i'm very familiar with kevin smith i've seen you know pictures and promos uh of characters but i've never seen it so i pretty much went in head on starting with the third movie so i think there was probably quite a bit of references that didn't come didn't connect because i didn't oh, have yeah, that tons historical of think like yeah the whole movie half, at least half his references to the old old right to the first no, I'm saying what's interesting is that they're in their real life, they got into an argument and then they realized after this this um gathering they decided to actually make the movie and which made them change the script completely. Um which was why they I, I think that's why they made it so reflective of the past movies and making it about making a movie. Um but I also like there was one part where they played the Degrassi theme music because Kevin Smith was in a few episodes of the Canadian show Degrassi. So there was a whole scene in the hospital and they were playing the song, whatever it takes. I know I'll make it through, which I'm sure people don't know that TV show would probably, would just go over their head playing the entire song for three minutes. But I think if I'm, I'm going to watch the first and second movie so then I would think that seeing the third movie will make more sense. But I was watching out of order. It's like watching Star Wars. Yeah, I think it's a tough one to just go into because the whole movie relies on you being familiar with this whole world already. My expectations were very low. I remember not really liking the sequel very much. Um, I saw it in theaters as well. Um, and I, I, I think... I. I only saw it that one time, and I just remember being kind of disappointed. But going into this, going into this, then I had like pretty low expectations, and I would say the first thirty minutes when they're just in the quick stop, just arguing about the same old things, and when Randall is in the hospital, just going back and forth with the ner- with with the doctor, I didn't really like any of that. I I, I get bored with Kevin Smith's writing, but once. The whole rest of the movie I thought was really good Um, because I think he did something that he's never done before, at least with Clerks, which is like this movie actually has heart. And his other movies are are just pretty shallow and pretty, pretty flat and just about like dick jokes and and people busting each other's balls. Um, But once they sort of, you know, introduced a heart attack and him and Randall wanted to take on this project of revisiting and reliving literally reliving some of these moments it really sort of becomes triggering for uh for dante and people keep reminding him like hey this this was my life too because it was it was all of their lives um and then there's a moment where dante kind of snaps after he shows up drunk and then he has to he has to shoot a scene where he's laying down on on the on the the freezer i think that is I was really impressed with that level of acting, both of them there. I didn't think they could actually pull that off because these guys are pretty, just, you know, pretty amateurs. So I was really surprised by, by the level of acting. 
And then I was really surprised that this movie actually gave me some closure for the series that I didn't really, I wasn't really interested in. But it does have good closure for these characters. I didn't really expect that. So the end left me like really, you know, really satisfied. I I, I definitely liked it. But again, it, it's built on two previous films. Uh, so it does have that, that. It does carry that responsibility that you have to watch two other movies to really understand these guys. There were some risks taken. You know, anytime you kill off a character, you're kind of bringing closure to to the series, you know. And he took some risks. Like you said, they were they, the actors showed flexibility and, like, dramatic scenes and stuff like that. And that's not something that he really does in his movies, I don't think. Um, especially like this universe of Jane, Silent Bob, and and Clerks. Um, so be- because these actors, you know, they're they're not great. Uh, not to to say anything, but like like I said at the top, I think the movie only cost like seven million dollars to make, and I think it made like four. I, I think I read. Um, but it had some really and good he, and parts. Some of the adult themes in the movie, you know, like dealing with getting older and health and stuff. I I think that was all great you know showing this time span of this story these characters and uh i believe kevin smith had some health issues a couple years ago like he suffered a heart attack too so i think yeah he's incorporating some of that stuff in there uh from his personal life and i really liked how you know going back to the making the film within a film how he was kind of a lot of it was like explaining how Clerks was actually made and how they're trying to make the movie in the movie. Well, Kevin Smith, so, uh, Silent kind of Bob. Like, little East, kind of like Easter eggs were being dropped in there uh, about how Randall and Dante are trying to make this movie, but that those are actual things that happened with Clerks, the making of Clerks. Like I, uh, one of the examples is, you know, like, they brought the gate down and they had that sign that says like, we assure you we're always open. That was like taken from the first one. But I read that the reason they had the gate down in the first movie was so they could shoot at night. Um, I guess the store was closed and they shot at night and that's why the gate was down. Yeah. But in order to like write it into the story, uh, they just made it that like kids in the neighborhood or some people would just put gum in the in the locks. That's why they always kept the gate down. And they explained that in this movie. So I thought I thought that was cool. You know, it's kind of like Easter eggs here and there about how the movie was made. And Silent Bob going when they make Silent Bob the director. You know, obviously that's a callback to Kevin Smith directing the movies. But then he also goes on to explain why he wants to film it black and white. Uh, is which is great. To me, these characters, like, they just, it's, you know, they, they're not going to get old. You know, you you just, it's always going to be fun to hear, like, dig jokes and these guys just joking around and just being Jersey friends and stuff. Okay. Um, and it's just, it's a, it's a really successful franchise. I mean, it spawned spinoffs, right? It spawned, it spawned two Silent Bob movies because there was a recent one too. They did a part three. The James. There's three already. I think there might be three. 
I remember watching yeah, the, I the first one in, in, I in saw the theater. First one. That one was funny and fun. So I think after watching this, I might catch the Jane Siren Bob sequels. And a lot of people don't don't realize or forget that there was a Clerks animated series too. So and it, I, was, they might have had like some, yeah, they might have had some comics and stuff. So it's a you know it's a successful franchise. It's ventured off into all these spin-offs and stuff so um i just i want to talk a little bit about the original the first clerks that came out in 94 that was i think smith's first movie but 94 i think i was 12 i think i don't i didn't watch it in theaters obviously but it's it's probably the first indie movie i've ever watched it's probably the first movie where watching it I was like, I felt like I was onto something that popular or mainstream culture just didn't know about. It made me feel like super inclusive into like this secret film world. And it's the first movie like that that I've ever watched. That it's like, it wasn't underground or anything, but in my mind back then it was underground. It was like, I'm not supposed to be watching this movie, but somehow, and this is in part because I had an older brother. I still, I have an older brother, but that's how I, I watched it, but it made me feel like like really cool. Like, oh, I found this. And then I watched it a bunch of times. And then it had like all the rated R jokes, you know, so at, at that age, you're sort of not really exposed to that. You're used to watching like, you know, Family Matters, Saved by the Bell, Fresh Prince, that's your content. So when you get introduced to something like this for the first time, and it was in black and white, uh, and it was like very Jersey and me growing up in New York is that's like, you know, very similar in terms of the language and the slang and the insults. So it was the first movie that made me, that gave me that feeling like, and it also made me like really appreciate and get into movies more broadly too. So I'll, I'll always have that connection to the Clerk series, even though, you know, two, I didn't really like, and I'm not a big fan of Kevin Smith or anything, but that first movie was, it, it was a huge played a huge role in sort of me what I think of movies the kind of movies I watch and, and why I think yeah I, I feel like it's I feel like it's 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 a movie that introduced a lot of people to indie movies you know, yeah like oh comedy doesn't have to be I don't know whatever the big comedies of the 90s were you know it can just be filmed on a low budget and it could just be a bunch of friends hanging out and cracking jokes on each other yeah and right it just you know it's one of the few movies that transcends the border of it being an indie movie to it just being like becoming just a big movie and pop culture or pop culture and everybody knows it and talks about it and it's you know if you look back at it now i wouldn't obviously it's an indie movie because of how it was made and the budget and it was independently financed but you look back now you know 30 years ago this movie, if you look at it now, it's you, you, I wouldn't consider it like an indie movie because everybody's seen it. It's everywhere. Everyone knows about it. It's so popular. I think it's particularly popular, as you said, with, with Gen X. I think growing up in the 90s and coming into our teenage years in the 90s, um, did, did we came up with this stuff? Like this was, this was one of the iconic movies of that generation, I think. You know the MTV generation, like Clerks was a big, was a big part of that. So I think, 
I don't. I wouldn't say this transcends like generations. Because um, Scott, you being a little younger, maybe this is kind of like why you missed it. Because I think Clerks does have a very short window of like you were either there or you weren't there. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's a very generational thing. But yeah, the movie was the original was, you know. It's it's pretty. It was pretty awesome, and it it, it really set up Kevin Smith for for a lot of mainstream success. Scott, any final thoughts? Are you going to watch the original Clerks? Yes, I have it that I'm going to be able to uh, watch it. I, I I reserved it, so I'll be able to watch both Clerks and Clerks 2. I just have to pick it up. So you have to reserve it? It's not available on streaming? It is, but it's you have to... Uh, it's only available for, I think it's... Clerks 2 is available on Pluto TV, I believe, and then Clerks you have to you have to rent it. And it's it's like a uh, one off rental fee. Okay. You probably find it at your local library. That's right. You might have to get the VHS. No, I was able to get it on DVD. Uh, you know, <laughs> fun isn't hard when you got a library card, and I have one, so uh, not that hard to get it. I'm definitely going to uh, check out some of uh, the spin-off sequels and I might go back and just do some more Kevin Smith uh, directed movie viewings because I've, se- I've seen a couple of his movies and I really like a lot of them. The ones with Ben Affleck in them, Dogma, Chasing Amy, Mallrats, those are all really, really good movies in my opinion. So I, I might go back and watch a few just just to relive it. The movies are on Paramount Plus, just FYI, if you guys want to hit up the free trial. I must say, one part of it that you don't get the experience, that he has a whole thing at the very beginning of the movie on Clerks 3, thanking you for getting the DVD copy, because that, he says, a whole like, three-minute speech at the very beginning of the DVD. Because without people buying the DVD, they don't make money to be able to make the movie. And he also thanks people who borrowed the movie from other people. And, you know, borrowing, you mean to, you have to give it back to those people. All right, guys. If there's nothing else, we'll leave it there. We'll see everybody next time. And, yeah, we'll, we'll sort of chat throughout the week in terms of uh, figuring out what, what we're going to watch for the next one. Later. Peace.